0: the youth worker collective podcast we have your back with everything from games lessons and coaching youth collective.com
1: welcome to the youth worker collective podcast i'm jeremy Steele, and i have uh, lee with me today to talk about uh staying connected to volunteers so like continue uh, creating community and and being just the, your solid volunteer follow-up person. Um, and uh, she has done an incredible job at this. Um, and so I just asked her to spend some time sharing with us some of what she's learned. Um, you know, my uh, my expectation is by trial and error. <laughs> so yeah. as we get started, Lee, would you uh, tell us uh, who you are and where are you serving?
2: Yeah.
0: I'm French. I am at United Methodist Church in
1: Brentwood, Tennessee. Awesome. Uh, So I know not everybody gets to have a thousand volunteers, Um, right? Get that. Uh, But staying connected with your volunteers and creating that sort of um, support system for them is the the key to having a sort of successful, uh, ongoing relationships with volunteers. I know that we, uh, just had a podcast that you and I recorded about, um, uh, about getting students to talk. And one of the things that you mentioned is, you know, a lot of your volunteers stick around for a while. And, uh, that's, that's one of the, the signs of a, a healthy, uh, volunteer program and system. So I, you know, just kind of off the bat, um, where, when you look at, uh, the priorities for your week, um, when you have volunteers, um, yeah. how do you, what do you put sort of on the top part of that priority list for, um, engaging with your volunteers? Where, where do you, where do you start on a, as far as the, the most important pieces?
0: Oh, that's so good and honestly so convicting because I think that shifted for me
2: <laughs> over
0: time I think first it was like communication just tell them everything they need to know like right. everything that we're going to be doing to them you know um I think that was like at the beginning of my ministry the, the main priority and then I think it was celebrating them right I was like mm-hmm. let's just tell them how much you appreciate them. and then I think as time has gone on and I'm I, I speak as someone who certainly doesn't have this, um, all together. So please don't hear this as like, wow, that's so wise. But I think it's moved to like, I need to pray for them because mm-hmm. every single group like has its unique challenges, has its yeah. unique situation. Parents are sick. Parents are getting divorced. Kids are sick. Right. Um, kids are going through relationship struggles. Kids are getting bullied. It's cool. You know, these, the, the work that these leaders are doing like very much is on the front line. You know, we always say like "Your are youth ministers too. Like you are the youth ministers on the ground with these kids and your groups. And so I think my first party has really shifted over time to just really kind of giving them to the Lord, you know, and saying, these are the people who've committed to help. Lord, please help us love and lead them. Mm -hmm. And so that has been, that has shifted over time, but I would say that's party number
2: one. Right.
0: And then on a weekly basis. And then I think that shifts to um, definitely, and this this is different by person. This is just my personality, probably. Right, but like, right. it is still so like I want you to know how much I appreciate the sacrifice you make to be at our event, or to serve dinner, or to lead a small group. Um, right? We couldn't so how do you do literally. That? We could not do it without. Yeah. I think that's different for whatever they're engaging. We are like a huge thank you thank you note group ministry. Okay. We we handwrite. Um, we send texts. We just, we try to go overboard with gratitude because reality is we really couldn't do it. And this would be a lot more stressful on us. So it really does mean a lot to us. Um, that, that can't be like forced, like, Oh, I have to write a thank you letter. Like we genuinely are so grateful. Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
0: and so we create that culture. As we talk about our volunteers, we don't leave a lot of room for like negativity when we talk about them. We, we really do appreciate them. Yeah. Um, and then I think like, hey, I want to take you to lunch. Um, I do a thing or I used to do a thing when I was kind of over small groups for our ministry completely. Um, and mm-hmm. for our ministry, it's is sort of the largest thing that we do. Right. And that held about 100 volunteers, 75 to 100 volunteers weekly. And so one thing we did is at the beginning of the year, I had them fill out this little basic sheet of paper with like their favorite, their favorite Bible verse, their favorite candy, their favorite you know, TV show their favorite football team. Mm-hmm. We live in the South, you know, all the, right. um, all the favorites. And I just kept it. So you on didn't,
1: you didn't everything. ask for their favorite curling team?
0: I didn't. I didn't. Are there curling teams? Is that a thing?
1: It's in the Olympics. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Oh, yeah.
0: uh, where, I wonder if there's like schools that have curling. Anyway.
1: <laughs> like I can't imagine in yeah. a stadium sitting around and just watching somebody with a broom. Watching
0: curling. Yeah. Well, I'm like I when I go to my kids' like events, like I'm like a rowdy, like I'm, woo, you know, like screaming <laughs> stuff. And so I went to one of my kids' bowling matches recently, but you don't talk during bowling matches. But I didn't what? know that.
1: Oh no. And
0: so, <laughs> and so I got like the look of shame.
2: Like how dare you? Um, I, was just,
0: and I was really proud. Um. <laughs> anyway, but I took those favorites and I kept them a file in my office and. Every week I'd pick two or three. So if we have 19, you know, so we got 75 volunteers divided by, so I need to give, you know, I'd pull two or three every Sunday. And I would just like get their favorite candy and write them a note and just say, hey, I'm thinking about you. And the first couple of weeks, they're like, oh yeah, we just wrote this. You know, you right. knew what this was. By the end, of the month, wondered, how do you know this? It was so thought, it was so intentional, mm-hmm. um, but it was so easy because I'll just hand them a little sheet of paper. And keep it on file, like you you know you kind of mentioned um in another podcast about writing down things about it so that you can remember them. It's the same for leaders, like you know you said like even as a thirty five year old it feels nice to feel thought of and cared right. for right. and uh, I think that's so so important. and again, you cannot it that. has to be genuine, and I think we really, really work hard to know what's going on in our leaders' lives to actively like. Hey, can we go to lunch and talk about that thing? Or, Hey, do you need some time off to know like what's going on in their group? What's going on in their life? Are they burning? Uh, mm-hmm. are they and so we just try to be really intentional about having need to time, like one-on-one time with them. And also, you know, um, yeah. celebrating them through like the gifts and, and just, yeah. So just appreciation is huge. And then, yeah.
1: and, and how do you do, so that's, that's, super powerful appreciation is an is an important thing um to be sure I, I think that i think that a lot of times um people focus a lot on the big appreciation and not the kind of smaller stuff like you were talking about yeah. and then i think the That's other so place cute. that yeah. people fall down is communication so how yeah. do you deal with communicating with your volunteers i mean you you just Mentioned an astronomical number um, that I don't think many yeah. many of us could ever even imagine having that kind of volunteer base. But right. but with that, it it requires you to to get really intentional about communication. So how do you you know how did you do that with with that level of volunteer to make sure that they were getting they were getting the communication you need to. And, and also what were you communicating? What were you asking from them and giving to them?
0: Yeah, that's such a good thing. And you're right. I mean, size is is huge, but I think um, one thing I started right off the bat um, when, when I first got to the position, um, small groups, they were getting an email and it was just kind of this dump of like, this is what we're doing Sunday night. An attachment with curriculum in it. It was great. There was nothing wrong with it. It was just like a lot of information for one email. And I um, kind of had listened to some leadership podcasts and talked about visually breaking down information. So that didn't feel like so much. It was information that you could stomach. Um, and so I just created a newsletter and in that newsletter had like, Hey, hope you're having a great week here. The three important things that we're doing this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Here's the curriculum for Sunday night, because that's how our particular small group system works. You know, we have a, we have a time of worship and, and teaching, and then our kids go to small groups. Um, and so here's the curriculum based off what we're teaching. Right. And then um, here's a prayer list of things that are going on in leaders' lives, not kids, but, like, I was trying to build and foster community with the leaders. Right. Um, so we had a community with one another. Um, It had a sub list like, hey, can't make it this week. Here's a list of subs. Like if you can't find anybody, call me, I'll help you. So just like important information like that. Um, And so visually it was more like palatable and sent that out. That goes out every Thursday and still does um, every Thursday. Right. And we meet on Sunday. So they have three or four days to kind of look that over at their own time, at their own pace. So it's not dumping it on them Sunday afternoon before they come in. I think another thing that Adam, um, my boss does now, and he's sort of moved into overseeing that more is um, he does like current events, like Mm what's the hit song this week and what's the, and that goes back to just being able to relate to your students. So I think that is brilliant. So he provides that information. And again, that goes out every Thursday. And then on Sunday night, we have a leaders meeting.
1: Okay, um, When was that?
0: Yeah. So that's, while our students eat dinner before our time worship, that's a 20 to 25 minute time. We meet with our leaders every single week. We ask them to be present for that. Certainly, sometimes they're running in, barely getting to worship. That's okay. But we just ask them to make a commitment to be there as much as possible. So, for that 20 to 25 minute time, we to go over what the lesson is going to be. We kind of talk about what are some hard questions that might come up. What are some ways that we can answer that? And also, like, the last week go? How are things in your group, and leaders will say, "I just found out that his mom's cancer, and I'm struggling because I don't know how to help." Well, that's connected um, lets us know there's a pastoral care concern, but also we're able to, with a volunteer, go, oh my gosh, that is really hard. How how do we walk through this with with her or with him?"
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so then that keeps those things on our radar. So then on Monday and Tuesday, when we sit down and go, "Okay, what's going on in small groups?" Because we've heard from our leaders. Mm -hmm. We then reach out on a personal basis. Hey, Susie, thanks so much for telling me Sunday night about that student in your small group. Here's an article I found, or here's a thing that I saw. It just keeps, you know, communication flowing. So our small group leaders, I feel like my prayer, and certainly this has not not always been the case, and there's been complaints, you know, there's not enough communication, or there's too much. But, like, I I hope they feel like we're, we're like, just in uh, arm's length away, you know, that we're accessible (laughs) to them.
1: Right. So one of the things it feels like when I'm, I'm listening to you is that you kind of are resourcing them to do the ministry. And, um, and and I think that's an important sort of perspective to, to kind of tease out that that the idea that, um, that your job is not to like, is not to do the ministry for them. Um, you can't do that. And it's in, in like, it's it's to give them the resources they need to do it and part of those resources is a space to ask questions and to do yeah. that and and i really appreciated the the part that that you were that, where you were talking about it being on sunday nights um right before that because i think the other thing that we can do sometimes is our attempts to communicate with them um and to resource them can add to the burden of volunteering so I'm sorry, we're going to need you to come back on Wednesday nights and have a volunteer meeting. Or like you said, I'm going to, I'm going to give you 5,000 words every week. um, And, you know, of which 200 you need,
2: uh, those kind of things.
1: Like, so trying to think of like, I need to resource them. I need to put the tools they need in their hands. And then the other pieces that I I really appreciated was that the follow-up, right? so. Yeah. And, and a follow-up with that sort of resourcing perspective. So uh, I have a kid whose mom has cancer. Then I I need to follow up with that volunteer, uh, not just, hey, thanks for telling me, but, hey, thanks for telling me, here's something that might help you. Uh, because you, right. in that 20-minute yeah. meeting, you're, you're not going to be able to, to no them properly, right?
0: Right absolutely i think that is huge um it's not just the, oh thanks so much for dealing with that right We're right, like right. hey we're here with you dealing <laughs> right. with that thanks and for dealing I with think, that
1: i'm not going to help you <laughs> i'm backing it away right slowly. So
0: much that now that i don't have to do that yeah <laughs> um and sometimes that is very much what we would prefer to say you know but the right. reality is is that my job is to come alongside you know students and leaders and i think the other thing that, that space offers that's unique is collaboration so in that 20 minutes You know, when you say that, here's a prayer request I have for a student in my group, which we always take prayer requests, you know, is somebody in that room, like, may have had a kid in their group that went through that, may have actually gone through that in their actual family. Here's what helped my daughter when my wife was sick or, you know, and it creates this space in this community where we're all leaning on each other, like, we're all doing this together, not like I'm isolated out here trying to figure out how to care for so and so this major life thing and nobody knows how to deal with it. And it it creates this, well, I want to come back every week because not only are you learning how to love, you know, your 10 or your 12 better, but you're learning how to love just people better. Um, And so I think that's been invaluable too.
1: Yeah. So at what point do you kind of push into being their pastor as well? The pastor to those volunteers, Mm -hmm. because I know that's another dynamic that, that we can miss is the fact that we are uh, for the volunteers and our ministry. We are the pastor, the pastoral support. We're the, the sort of first line pastor, the closest pastor in relationship to most of them many times. So yeah. how do you deal with, with that, with that side of the, the volunteer community?
0: You know, that I was probably more comfortable in that role mm-hmm. than like, even resourcing them with things because yeah. it like eliminates the layer. Like here's just you and them dealing right. with things. I think that probably comes from like a therapist background, but for our church in particular, like you speak of a huge, I mean, what you said is so true. Like our, our community isn't small group based. Our, our student ministry is, but our larger church is not. Uh-huh. And so it is very, very rare. I mean, it's not very rare for a leader to go to church on Sunday mornings and this be the place they plug in as their service to the church right so this is their only other real connection Mm -hmm. to what's going on in the church they're not in a small group they're not plugged in somewhere else Mm -hmm. and so yeah i think how we i mean that goes into how we treat them Mm -hmm. is so important because it's a reflection of how we care for the body how we care for each other in the church i think um that has been difficult I will just be honest being in a large ministry right. because to take on as many students as we have,
2: mm-hmm. and we do
0: have an amazing staff and we are stacked, but I do feel like, you know, if you're going to be dealing with a number of kids and adding on not the burden, but the responsibility of caring for all for the leaders, yeah. um, it can, it can feel hairy. And I don't know that we've got a system down. I think we just try really hard to be intentional every single one of their lives.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and how much they're willing to share with us. But I will say that we really try to collaborate and refer them. Like if it's an issue, something they're going through, like maybe they're going through a divorce or a job loss. Or right. We really work hard at plugging them into somebody who can, who their expertise is to care for that. And so yeah. we will not hesitate to make a phone call upstairs. And again, that's not to push it off. No. But more just to say like, I want you to get the intentional care that you Um, deserve.
1: Right. And I think that's important. I mean, like not very many youth pastors have a social work degree like you do. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, a a lot of, a lot of youth workers are not really equipped to be the first line of defense um, there. um, But what we are is the people that can receive the the report of a need, of a pastoral need. And And I know that having been an ordained pastor on a staff that has youth pastors, right, it is so helpful when the youth worker passes those things up like you were talking about. Like a a person, you know, often like they – random people who come to church don't generally make a distinction between – an ordained pastor and a lay person that is a youth pastor, right? Nope. They, we right. use pastor in the name, they count. And so what happens, right. what, what can happen sometimes is they'll be like, Oh, I'm having surgery tomorrow or on Wednesday. Right, right. Like They've told a pastor <laughs> and, right. um, and if that's not passed along, they can feel like not cared for when nobody Absolutely. pays attention to that. And so I think that, the one of the, Best things that we can do is just sit down with whoever it is in pastoral care at our church, if it's our senior pastor, if there's an associate pastor, layperson, and say, okay, look, when my volunteers have a pastoral need, how do you yep. want me to handle that? Right? Like, yep. let's set up some protocols. Like, I'm going to text you if it's this, I'm going to email you if it's that. Right. And like, yeah. How do I do that? How do I make those referrals so that they get, so that they get the care that they need? Because, like you said, it's, it's we're not always able for one reason or another to be the person caring for them, um, but we we often are the person that finds out about the need.
0: Well, absolutely, and we've actually over the years since I've been there, we would sort of hear that kind of stuff and just be like, "Where are we where are we placed?" <laughs> right? You know? uh... yeah. and so and we just stay the safe staff meetings for pastoral care
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and it's just for student pastors that are any other admin staff we you know try to keep everything as confidential as possible Mm
2: -hmm. we
0: ask them sort of to leave so it's like the last 30 minutes of our not that they shouldn't be privy to that but we just try to be so careful about protecting people's information and um we'll just sit and say, okay, this is what I heard, and we'll jot them all down, and one of us is responsible for making sure that gets to pastoral care,
2: mm-hmm. and it,
0: it seems complicated, and it seems hairy, and like one more thing to add to your list, but the, the, knowing that that person is going, going somewhere that they can get the support and care they need, also knowing you have a, you're have you not siloed, you know, mm-hmm. we have but... a connection now with the larger church. We're not just down here doing our thing. Like, it's very holistic. You know, we all, mm-hmm. we're caring for the family. Yeah. So we had to create intentional space for that so that they didn't, you know, like you said, they didn't get left behind. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, again, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Uh, These kind of real world, like how how do we freaking handle that? Like, that's a huge help for us. And I appreciate that because, um, you know, when. When we sit down to work, sometimes I can feel lonely as a youth worker, um, but the Youth Worker Collective is all about being a remedy for that. Like, we don't want you to feel like uh, when you're getting online to work that you're alone, but we want to be your first source for games, ideas, lessons, coaching. We've got all of that at youthworkercollective.com and more podcasts like this one, youthworkercollective.com slash podcast.